You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. villagers. Oh my goodness. I am still on such a high from the new year. I have no idea how it has lasted this long, but I'm so excited that it has because I just wake up buzzing with enthusiasm and creativity every single day. It's like I can't stop because my fingertips are just like exploding with magic. I love it so much and I'm soaking it in because I know eventually I will also need to rest and yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm still so excited. Happy Tuesday. How is your day going? Are you having a good day? Are you having a fast day? Are you having a mindful day? Have you stopped to connect with your body if you're pregnant have you talked to your baby today if you're a new mom certainly have you talked to your baby today if you're not with your baby at this moment right now have you just stopped to thank yourself for being such an amazing parent do that really quick if you haven't take a minute to remind yourself that right now in this moment you are striving to be the best that you can be And tomorrow, you will strive to be the best that you can be tomorrow. And that every day, your best is going to look a little different. But the general idea is that you're going in a forward motion. You want to continue to get better and better and better. But just as I just talked about resting, you're going to have times where your best wasn't as good as yesterday or last week or last month. And that's okay. You have to be gentle with yourself. It's the beginning of a new year, so that's why I continue to harp on this because we have the momentum of this newness, this shedding, starting over, beginning new. Why not start it with your mindset about yourself? (laughs) It just makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense to me. Ah, I'm so happy to be back with you guys. The holidays were so much fun. I went away to the DR and it was amazing. I went with my family, my mom and my dad and my sister and it was just so relaxing. It was perfect. It was, yeah, it was the perfect recharge. I have no words because everything was so perfect. It was really, really amazing. But I'm back and recharged and super, super ready to share so much stuff with you guys because, like I said, my fingertips, they are like shooting magic right now. I'm so excited about all of the stuff. If you have a mama friend who is expecting a baby, who's trying to get pregnant, who has just had a baby, who had a baby a little bit ago but is still adjusting to motherhood, 
Take a screenshot of this right now of you listening, unless you're driving, then do it later. Do it right now. Take a screenshot, put it on Instagram, tag us at Tranquility by Hee. We want to see that you're tuning in because 2019, all about serving you in a massive way. And I feel like your friends have the right to know about it too, right? You love them. I kind of love them because you love them. So we should share it with them. That also just makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm just spitting a bunch of truth today. It just makes so much sense. So take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram, tag your mama friends because they deserve to know this too. It's, um, I don't know, I don't feel like it's a secret. I feel like it's just stuff that not everybody has access to. So share the free stuff when you can. Share the love. I love it. Oh my gosh. Happy, happy. Happy Tuesday. All right, guys, you're listening to episode number 89. Is nanny care the right choice for your family? This one is such a requested topic. So not only do my clients always ask me about this, I have people who message me on social media, Facebook and Instagram about this because they see a post. I have people who I've gone to high school with and haven't talked to since high school have reached out and asked about this. So today's episode, I am chatting with Sarah Cook. Now, I know Sarah because of a business group I am here. I am in here in Boston. And I first just noticed who she was. And like everyone does on Facebook, I looked into her. And she's the founder of a nanny agency here in Boston, Cloud9 Nannies. Sarah began Cloud9 from the need to find the perfect nanny for her family. Sarah's first child was diagnosed with Down syndrome at birth, and finding the perfect fit for their family was imperative to everyone's success. Sarah was a working mother at the time, and she knew that when it came to find childcare for her firstborn, this was a make it or break it for their family. I cannot wait for you to hear all of Sarah's knowledge and all of her advice. So today we're going to be diving into whether it's right for you and your family. We're going to even be talking about sticky stuff like cost. These are real life questions that you need to know when considering nannies. As uh, Also like safety. You want to make sure that these people are safe. What are your nanny agencies doing to ensure that your child is in safe hands? I cannot wait for Sarah to answer all of these questions. So many of them came from you. All right, let's get this show on the road. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello. I'm so excited to have you. This is a topic that so many parents need. And I think that it's also a topic that kind of creeps up on people before they realize they need it. And then you're stuck scrambling. And so in order to get in front of that scramble and try and dismantle that anxiety and that fear that you could possibly have, I'm going to try and stop you and prepare you for that. So Sarah, let's start out a little bit about um, yourself. Can you tell us about yourself? 
Yeah. Well, I grew up in Michigan and then I was in Atlanta for about 13 years. And then about three years ago, I moved to Boston. We have two boys. We have a five and an almost seven-year-old. My seven-year-old actually has Down syndrome. He was diagnosed at birth. So that was a surprise. So I'm thrown into that world as well. Uh, but uh, we moved here and I, about uh, January of 2018, opened Cloud9 Nannies. I come from a background of professional IT recruiting. And for over 13 years, I, I did that. And I just, so I know how to find candidates in a very difficult skill set and, you know, go through lots of different uh, profiles and find the right ones. And so after finding a nanny for my family, you know, in Atlanta after my son was born and then moving to Boston, going through that process, it can just be so overwhelming. And it is, you know, you have the, there's so many people out there that want to be a nanny or think they have the qualifications to be a nanny. And it's, you know, at the same time, you're trying to be a new mom or uh, juggle two, three, two or three kids, and then you have to find a nanny. Uh, it's, it's very overwhelming. And so I just knew that with my professional recruiting experience, I feel like I could uh, bring a lot to the table. And then, you know, combined with my motherly instinct, I just think that it was uh, uh, I had some tools that I could share with other families and help them alleviate those concerns that, you know, like you were saying, that, that people naturally have. And uh, so we have um, been really focusing in the Boston area, and we place full-time and part-time long-term nannies uh, for families currently. So it's been, it's been great getting to meet so many different families and learn more about their backgrounds and their children. So it's been great so far. I absolutely love that story. So obviously I love that you have a little piece of Southern in there. And I love that you are what I call a transplant. You're not originally from here. I too am a transplant. So mm -hmm. I always like meeting people who didn't grow up here and they maybe have walked a different path than, than the people here in Boston. Those are always my people. <laughs> I also love to hear that you have a very particular background that is not necessarily in childcare and nannies. So I just had a real life, don't judge a book by its cover moment. And <laughs> while we all try and, you know, minimize those every now and then I find myself being like, what the heck? When you said you were in IT, I would have never thought that that had anything to do with picking nannies until you said picking someone with a very specific skill set, and that makes so much sense. So, your nanny agency is a little bit different than like what people typically think of a nanny agency, right? It has more of a personable feel. Yeah, I think that you know, I think every nanny agency. Um, I've actually never used a nanny agency for my my own family, <laughs> so I can't speak to other ones out there. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've made a lot of friends in the industry by going to different co uh, conferences and things. But, uh, you know, I just feel like I'm dealing with other working parents and, you know, and I just think it's important to build those relationships. That's what I did in my corporate job. And that's how I, that's the type of sales, quote unquote, I did, you know, I was just more of a relationship person. And so that's the type of you know, business I want to build here. You know, I want to build relationships with my family so I can be long-term, uh, you know, uh, help for them in the future, whether it's just them calling me saying, hey, I want to give my nanny a raise. How do I go about that? I want to do 
um, a performance review? Do you have any tools? Or, you know, hey, how would you talk to her about this? And then on the other side, flip side is I want to be there for the nannies. It's not just about families. The, the families may be my quote unquote client, but the nannies are also my client. Like I want them to be as equally happy uh, in their job. And so I want to support them. I'm, you know, I want to offer them and share with them different things that are going around Boston, you know, as far as trainings that are available, uh, newborn care specialists or the nanny training days and, and things that, you know, uh, other agencies and we all help put together for the, this industry. So I, I you know, I want to be a resource on both sides and build those long-term relationships. It's not just about placing a nanny and then walking away from the family. Um, I do give them their space, but you know, I'm just here, you know, text me, call me, whatever you need, but I'll, I'll be here. A hundred percent. I love that approach. 100%. So I once applied to be an au pair, um, in America, I wasn't going to go international for the summer between uh, undergrad and graduate school. I ended up being a camp counselor that year and absolutely loving it. But part of the reason that I made that shift to the camp counselor was because the nanny agency that I had gone through, I didn't know any different. I knew only of this one. It felt very um, impersonal. And so I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like they were actually doing their due diligence of the homes that they were placing me in or the people that they were, you know, connecting me with. And so, yeah, I love, love, love that you have your hands in it, you know, pretty intensely just to keep everyone happy and safe mm -hmm. and make sure that the relationships that you're building are actually long-term. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think about having a nanny, they do picture this person that is somewhat part of their family. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people don't think of things like giving their nannies raises or having tough mm -hmm. talks or uh, performance reviews. There are a lot of things that you do have yep. to walk this fine line of this person is so much in my home and they're a part of my family, but they're also at the end of the day, an employee, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. lots of thoughts to have. Cool. I'm ready to dive in. Okay. This is one of the scariest moments for new parents handing over your new baby, right? Mm -hmm. What are the need to know things when it comes to picking a nanny just right off the bat that if you had just two minutes to tell parents, what are the need to knows that you would do in the very beginning? I would say, you know, I think that when coming together to, to find a nanny, I think that both parents need to, or, or the parent in whatever situation it is, just need to really sit down and figure out what is the ideal caregiver that they want? Like, what is their, what, you know, how much experience is this, are they looking for in a person? Are they looking for somebody that is you know, um, not as experienced, maybe right out of college that has, you know, just done some more um, babysitting and some nannying through college and maybe going to get their degree within childcare, or are they looking for somebody that has that more of that um, maternal uh, instinct, you know, maybe they're a mom that their kids have grown up, you know, just thinking through that type of profile too, of, you know, maybe what is the best fit for your family and then, uh, you know, what, uh, you and your, uh, and what would be best for your family? And, you know, every child's needs are different too. Like I said, I come from the world of special needs. So that was something that's really important to me and my family. And as we continue to transition through as he gets older. So, um, I think it just really coming, you know, especially when you come to the nanny agency, come with the, this is like my idea, this is my expectation. And then we kind of work through that and build the job description from there, but just like having some sort of idea of like the ideal 
person that you'd want? And I ask those questions to the parents, but uh, just so they're not just thinking like, oh, just I'll just I just need a nanny. It's so much more. It is so much more. So I think that you know every family obviously has a different expectation of how much they want their nanny involved or not involved in their life. But this person does play a very big role in your life. So it is something that you should be devoting some thinking time to and being intentional about for sure. So Sarah, you are an agency owner. What questions should someone be asking of an agency owner in order to know that that agency is a good fit? So something I ran into as on the nanny end is I didn't know there were multiple agencies, right? I didn't know I had a choice. So mm -hmm. what should people know to ask to find out to start from that very beginning choice of which agency to choose? Yep. And I go through that a lot because, you know, being new, uh, a new agency to the Boston market, you know, I get people that found me, you know, or referred to me and then they want to learn more about my background and then, you know, and maybe they're comparing me to other agencies out there that they've worked with in the past or that they've also found on their Google search. And so I think that the important questions is learn more, learn more about the, the owner or the team and uh, in their background and, you know, not you know, I come from the professional background, but then there's um, lots of agency owners that come from more of the nanny background and that experience. And so, you know, just finding that person that you do connect with, because I think that's going to be important because I'm the one that's going to be basically the face for your quote unquote face for your family, you know, interviewing nannies up front. And so just, you know, finding that right fit. And then also, you know, how do you screen the nannies? How do you find the nannies? Uh, you know, what resources are they using? Because sometimes I have families that are looking on their own as well, but then they also feel like they need some help. So they might hire me, but then at the same time, they're also, you know, posting a job on care or, you know, working through their network, which I always recommend. Even if someone hires me, I said, you just never know who you're going to get referred to. I mean, your neighbor could have a nanny and they decide to have to move and you might be able to take their nanny. So always keep your ears open, um, even when you're using me as well. I always give that advice. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, also what do your services include? Um, you know, there might be other things that I offer or, or other agencies offer that, you know, that, that might hit home with you. Okay. And then what about the individual nanny? So I assume that once people interview with you, you do give them a chance to talk to the nanny before it's a done deal, correct? Yeah. So so I'll give you a little bit of, uh, uh, insight into our process. So once a family comes to me and says, you know, let's, let's work together. So we go through all the paperwork and contract and all of that. And then I help them build a job description and we, I learn more about like what they want. Yeah, they have, they, they fill out like an application. And so then I go out there and I go through my current pipeline of nannies that I have. But then, like I said earlier, every family is different. Every child's needs are different. So typically you're starting that, that search um, from scratch. And it's not just, I mean, you know, depending on where they live in Boston, as you know, Boston commutes can be tricky. And, you know, so I start that search over. So I, my goal is to send them a few profiles. Um, I always include a one-checked reference. I think that's important. And then also, you know, a profile, their professional resume that I put together. Again, coming from that corporate recruiting, I think a resume is important. There's some nannies that don't have that resume yet, but you know, everybody that I work with, I actually help them build the resume too. I have a template that they can use, but I think that's important because you're, you're, you are interviewing with working parents. And so like they're used to seeing resumes and things. So I think that is important and it just like can really lay out your experience uh, very nicely. And then it gives you talking points and gives me talking points. So, uh, 
once we uh, get the profile over, then the family can say, you know, oh, let's set up a phone screen or a face-to-face -face interview. And some families have the parents meet first and then the kids, or sometimes the, they just say like, have the nanny come on over. And at that point, the nanny will, you know, meet with the family. And the questions that they need to be focusing on are more about the, the actual experience. You know, I, I'm going to send you somebody that checked all the boxes that we discussed. They checked the rate, the, com the commute, the, you know, do they have a car, um, you know, benefits that you might offer. All of that is covered. So, or in schedule, like, let's say you want somebody three days a week. I'm not going to send you somebody that only can work two days a week. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's my job to screen that up front. That's why you hired me so that you are looking at these ideal profiles and then you can take that person and dig in more and say like, tell me about your newborn experience. Tell me about your toddler experience. What is your, you know, what are your favorite things to do with children? You know, what, have, what was your last position like? Um, you know, and it's all about the kids too. If your kids are part of the interview, it's, how does the nanny react when you walk? she walks in the front door? How do your kids react? How does she react to you? Does she get on a third level? It's all things that like I as a parent did before I even had an agency. Those are the things that I paid attention to as a parent when the nanny walked in. And it was like, oh, like I like how that she got down at their level and focused on the kids and, you know, sat down on the floor and played with them, but then also was engaging with me and answering my questions. So I think it's, you know, those are the important things for parents to focus on and if a nanny does start to bring up, oh, well, this is my rate, or um, is there overtime, or what's the schedule? I mean, those are red flags because like, I've already covered those with the nanny. And if, if I've told her, like, this isn't the focus, but she still focuses on it, okay, well, let's see. Is this the right profile? Is she in it for the right reasons? So those are just things that I tell my families to, to pay attention to. Okay, and then what kind of background do your nannies have? Do they all have um, backgrounds in like early childhood or they ha all have nanny experience? What can families expect? It is across the board. It really depends again on the families. I don't have, I mean, they all have to be eligible to work in the U.S. <laughs> There's that one. They, that, that, they all meet that requirement, but they do come from, I mean, I have people that have degrees, master's degrees, or, you know, went down the, uh, you know, occupational therapist route and work, love working with children. But then I have people that just don't have a college degree, but just have been a nanny since, you know, high school and just love children or maybe have worked in preschools. It really is across the board. And I, and I think it maybe it's because of my recruiting experience. I, it's not that I give people shots, but I think that it just comes down to each individual person. I mean, I've personally hired nannies for my family that, you know, was a, was a nanny for a little while, was a babysitter, worked in retail. She was an awesome person. She was going to get her master's in, you know, special education. Um, and I hired her and then we're going to her wedding this weekend with my kids. So, I mean, she's part of her family. You know, it just, it really depends on each candidate and um, I, I screen each one. The way I like to screen my um, candidates too, and it, from what I've been told from some nannies um, in the area is that it's a little different, is that some agencies, before they even give you a chance to talk to them, you have to go through their application process and, and all of that. Like you have to fill out their online application and, and, and be vetted that way. And then they'll have a conversation with you. So a lot of times I will just have a conversation with a candidate because 
I don't want to waste their time. And they may not be a fit for anything right now. And if they aren't a fit, I might say, hey, you know what? I don't have something right now, but I have, but let me send you our application at that point. And then they can decide if they feel comfortable wanting to move forward. And then um, I also have, then I'll screen them for that position. Say, okay, great. Thank you for telling me about your background. I've got these couple positions. What are your thoughts? So it's kind of matching them up based on, you know, what their experience is and what they're looking for. I don't want nannies to just make an assumption, oh, I'll do anything. I want to find out what they want to do and then find if I have a match for it. And then instead of them just saying like, oh yeah, I'll take anything. So. I love that. So I love the intentionality behind it, but I also am a big believer too of like, um, you know, taking risk on people. So I'll tell you, I have every single time that I've been able to up-level my life, it's because someone else has taken a risk on me. It's because mm -hmm. I've gone in there with an idea or, you know, a thought or something and I have presented it and it was dependent on somebody taking a risk on me and saying yes. And so not only do I try and give that forward, but I totally, I see the benefit in it as well. Um, it's not all in credentials, a hundred percent. I get mm -hmm. that. Um, it's a lot about the energy that people bring to the situation. So you touched on it a little bit, but um, where are your nannies from? Locally, the U.S., international, all over the world? Is that what parents can expect? It's pretty they cool. are, all of them are, I mean, they are from all over the world. Like I said, they are, you know, they have to be eligible to work in the U.S., but they, um, but they, I mean, I have lots of women that are from, uh, and then actually some nannies out there, but, uh, from Brazil, Colombia, uh, I would say, I don't even know that I don't have a percentage per se, but yeah, I mean, they, they could be really from, from anywhere. You know, I have families that say like that I spoke to a mom last week. She said, you know, I would love somebody that either speaks Spanish or French cause that's what I speak. So, you know, and she, but it's not required, which is great because it does, you know, the more, the more you add to your job description, make sure a little pool a little bit smaller. So it's great that people are open, but you know, I do want to try to find that. And it's not, I mean, in, especially Boston, it's not hard to find somebody that speaks multiple languages. So. That is really cool. I love that cultural piece. That's super fun. Um, I love speaking different languages. I, I, loosely speak Spanish. I wouldn't say I am fluent by any means, um, but Nicholas also speaks Italian. So we have a multilingual home here. It's really fun. Yeah. Nice. So um, you, we have already talked about how you place nannies. So I'm wondering that what happens when you place a nanny and, you know, maybe a situation happens or the family decides a few weeks in that they just don't love this nanny, or maybe it's the nanny that decides like, Hey, I just don't love this family. It's not really working out. What happens there? How does that yep. happen? That's a fear. It's a big fear. Big fear. And yeah, definitely one of my most common questions. So, uh, we offer a 90 day guarantee for, uh, all of our nannies and, you know, the goal is to, um, not use the guarantee <laughs> that you're happy, but life happens. You know, I had somebody, the nanny ended up having to move, uh, you know, for a family situation, but then, you know, that was unexpected. Um, but then there's those situations where it ultimately is not the right fit, um, whether that's on the family side or the nanny side. And either way, we want to get somebody back in there as soon as possible for you, uh, you know, with no, uh, no charge, uh, no additional fee. We, uh, I know, again, as a working parent uh, with two boys and a nanny that it can be 
difficult on those days that you don't have a nanny. So I understand and I want to, um, I feel for those parents and I want to get somebody back in there as soon as possible. I think that's probably relieving to a lot of ears out there. Um, I think, you know, having someone in your home in such close proximity, if that's nothing like anything you've ever done before, it can be really nerve wracking. Um, I'm so glad that you're here answering all these questions. I know I'm having flashbacks of all these times that parents have said, but what if I don't like them? And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. This isn't my expertise. Yeah, it happens. So sometimes the nanny is unhappy and I want both parties to be happy. So, you know, it's just, that's how it is. And it's just, you're dealing with people that and you can only control so much. So uh, we definitely want to, you know, make sure that uh, we get somebody, you know, replaced as soon as possible for you. Yeah. I mean, the care is 100% dependent on everyone's happiness, right? So if your nanny's not 100% happy, then she's not going to give 100% care to your child. Not that she will treat them bad, but it could just be better and the same thing. You know, if parents are not 100% satisfied, they're not going to be 100% the best caregivers for that nanny. It just, you want everyone happy. Yep, I agree. So, Another thing that also comes up, and I don't know if it has legal ramifications or anything, um, it's just a question that comes up a lot. Nanny cams, what are your thoughts on those? Um, obviously, letting the nanny know that there are cameras in the home, but I find a lot of parents just say, like, do you think this is something? Like, it makes me feel better. It's not that they're trying to videotape and trap their nanny, but they just want to know kind of what's going on in their home. It's... And the nanny cam thing does come up more often. I have parents that, you know, obviously let me know. And then I let the nanny know. Um, and we do include it in their contracts that, you know, especially if it's like voice, if it's like voice recording. Uh, I, it's, it's interesting. I have never had a nanny cam in my house. I do have a video monitor, which I love. So I can understand why people, <laughs> like, I love stalking my, my kids on their monitors, even though they're like seven, it still works. I'm hoping it doesn't die on me. <laughs> I love it. But I, you know, I do talk to parents uh, that have them, and that's what makes them more comfortable. I, I think that ultimately, you need to just trust the person that's caring for your child, for children. And, you know, some parents think that, you know, having that will make them even feel more comfortable. So be it. I would be the type that would stalk it all day long, and, like, I would not get work done. So I just need to trust my nanny and let my kids, you know, have the, you know, and, and be with her. But, you know, every, but then I do have some nannies that don't feel comfortable because they just feel like they're not trusted right off the bat. They're just immediately like, they, this family doesn't trust people. So that's not a family they want to work for. So I definitely have had nannies that have turned positions down because they don't want the cameras. But, and I don't look at them as saying like, they're going to do anything bad if the cameras weren't there. I just, they just don't want to be, I mean, just like anybody doesn't want to be micromanaged in life, you know, like you, you want the freedom, you want to be trusted to do your job the right way for what you were hired for. So, but I respect parents that want them. I know that, you know, the, that's the industry now. I mean, every, you know, these in-home security systems, the nest systems, like just, they're just, people are just naturally putting them in their house for more security. And then ultimately it comes down to like, you know, your, um, a nanny cam if you hire, hire, um, you know, household help. So, I support it for, you know, for my families, um, but I personally have not used them. 
hundred percent. So, um, you know, in true he, he form, I have to point out the mental health in this. So I understand using nanny cams. I support you in using nanny cams. I do challenge you to put boundaries around that and stick to them. So if you think that you want to watch your nanny for the first six months, then you need to write that date down and really get rid of your camera at six months. If you want your child to be at least one years old, then you need to write that date down. And after their yeah. first year birthday, get rid of the camera. Don't use it as a crutch. It's not meant to be like that. Mm -hmm. um, if you need it as a stepping stone, as a tool to help you learn, if you feel that it will be more anxiety provoking for you not to have the camera for this period of time or this, you know, certain period, do it, but stick to your boundaries because yeah. it can be a very unhealthy thing. And just like Sarah mentioned, it can lead to trust problems. And I promise you, you will see it stem out and ripple into other places in yeah. your life and you don't want that to happen. So yep. set boundaries and stick to them, people. Um, come on, you deserve, you deserve it. Do it for yourself. So Sarah, what do parents need to know about this safety aspect? Because I think that is really scary and probably the number one thing that people struggle with, you know, trusting someone to keep their child alive. What can we do to protect ourselves against like uneducated caregivers or, you know, God forbid someone who's pretending to be someone that they're not. Is there a place that vets, nannies, how can we verify their credentials? Is there something that you as an agency owner have access to that a common person wouldn't how do we know yeah well I mean I think that you know, part of your question was is there a place to go that can vet nannies that's that's cloud nine that a nanny agency will will vet them for you and then I'll use these tools that I have access to so I am part of the International Nanny Association so the INA there's also APNA and that's for professional nanny agencies themselves and uh, but then the INA is great because that is a resource for both nanny agencies and nannies. And so that's a professional organization that nannies can go to and learn more about, you know, what is everybody else in the industry doing? And they just had their conference earlier this year. And then the other conference is actually next week. And so for, for the nanny agency conference, and it's just a great place to go and learn more about the tools. So the INA offers the basic skills assessment, and that's a test that has been put together. Uh, it's an online timed test that I do purchase uh, for each nanny to take, especially if they're going to be working with, now if they're going to be taking care of children more for an after school position, you know, middle schoolers, that's different. Um, but anybody working with younger children, I require them to take this test and, and it covers, you know, feeding, uh, uh, potty training, sleep habits, things like that for children. And, uh, you know, when, when is a good sign for, what is a sign for the child is ready to start solids or what is the appropriate age? And, and so I have passed from candidates for that have not completed the test and uh, very, um, they have not passed the test or have just gotten a lower score that I'm comfortable with. And even though it is more of a pass or fail, I have just not felt comfortable with certain answers that were given. So uh, I do pass on that. And so that's something, again, like that I invest in to, to help me screen out nannies. Because again, they can tell me all day long that they know these things. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a difficult test, but I definitely, I do use that. I think that reference checks are key. I think the right reference checks are key. Some people talk about, you know, fake reference checks that are out there. And I think that that, so 
my my skills that I have about like the references that they give me and then looking those people to make sure that maybe those are the right people or is that really a family that they worked for or is that a friend of theirs? <laughs> so I think that that's a big concern for families that I have heard before, uh, parents' concerns is fake references. So I definitely try to check the most relevant reference prior to even sending to a family. And that could be like your current family because maybe they're moving and you they will be a reference for you or the most recent one, you know, before that. And uh, just asking those questions and the parents do all the answers that I've asked in, a, in part of the profile that I send over, as well as the parent's phone number. They can follow up with that reference and check the reference themselves after, you know, after the process. Uh, and then even at the end of the um once they've hired a nanny, I do check another reference, but I've had parents actually want to check the references on their own, which I totally get. Because as a mom, it's nice to talk mom to mom with someone and ask those questions. So I think reference checks, as long as you're doing the right reference check. So a nanny will give you anybody. They might give you, I've looked at the same last name. I'm like, is this a sister? So, you know, just really digging into those references. Don't just stay, don't just check everybody that they give you. Make sure it's the right reference. I think that's important. And then also just background checks. Every nanny that we place is background checked. Um, also CPR and first aid certified. They have to be, they don't have to be when they apply to me, but they have to get that certification prior to starting or with the family. And then it's a conversation we have if they need to renew it and maybe the family pitches in to help them with that. Um, but that is something that is, um, everybody has to be CPR certified at some point, like once them they are placed. But then background checks, you know, that's the standard seven-year felony, you know, multi-state, multi-county, uh, also a motor vehicle check. Uh, even if the nanny's not driving, you know, if she has a driver's license, we're still going to check it. It's just, it comes in the package. Um, I use a, a background check company that I know other nanny agencies use nationally. So it's not just like I picked some random one off of online. Um, I did my research. I talked to multiple companies and the parents do get a copy of that report to keep as well. So they get to see if there was any situations, and we obviously have conversations if there were. Um, so um, we have not had that issue yet because typically people that we're working with have worked in childcare for a long, long time or worked in a school. If you work in a school, like you typically have been checked really well. Um, you know, I can't speak to some of like maybe smaller preschools, but like definitely, um, it has, so it hasn't been an issue for us. I love that you bring up the classroom. Oh, the dear old classroom. That is, <laughs> plays such a special role in my past. I do love the classroom. I'm not, I'm not knocking the classroom. It just, you know, it opened my eyes to so much. Um, so being in the classroom, part of being a head teacher in the classroom was interviewing and this fake references, although I never had a fake reference, holy cow, isn't it like, insane what people do it is insane what humans are capable of however um references are so big so there have been candidates where i fell completely in love with them in the classroom and i could not wait to get on the phone with their references and all three of their references said you know we really we love her but to let you know her time with us came to an end naturally and we did we chose not to renew like those kind of things speak mm -hmm. you know highly so yeah. definitely definitely check 
your references. So what can a family expect to spend on a nanny? Because that is also something that comes up a lot is the investment. Mm -hmm. um, childcare is expensive. Like to have kids, it is just expensive. Bottom line, no matter which route you take, it is going to be an investment. So let's chat nanny investment. What are we looking at for one kid and then multiple children? Yep. So I think, so the, the, the rate in Boston, the rate range uh, that you typically see and most parents know it is 20 to $25 an hour. Um, and that is for, you know, I would say two, you know, every family's different, but I would say the average is it's like two to maybe three at that top end. Um, but when you're getting over that two, uh, two kids, you're, you know, going over, um, that 25. And I, you know, I actually spoke with somebody yesterday, I was looking for 30 to 35 and I don't have any jobs currently for that. Um, you know, there are jobs out there that, you know, parents do want to pay that, you know, 15 to 20. And it, it just definitely has gone up over the last few years. And, and so I think to get the, the quality, you know, and you want to pay, you know, on the books, you know, you know, W-2 employee, they're not independent contractors, they are W-2 employees. And so you got to take that in consideration. I know it's more out of your pocket, but they're not taking home as much. And um, Boston's an expensive market <laughs> to live, live around here. So, you know, keeping that in mind, and then there's typically on top of that, you know, a lot of families will offer some sort of annual bonus. Maybe that's at Christmas time, or um, I personally like to do like a quarterly and spread it out throughout the year. And um, a little more at the end. And then uh, it's not, uh, I've had, it's not very common, but I have had more families say like, you know, we would be open to offering, you know, um, a couple hundred dollars a month for benefit towards benefits. You know, they don't go on the family's benefit plan per se, but it's more of, they want to help that person get the benefits. And every nanny is different. Sometimes that nanny might be on her husband's benefits and so they don't need them. Um, but sometimes they do want those. You know, there's also a car allowance option, you know, some families say like, oh, I'll give, you know, towards your car, but then there's also the mileage, you know, in Massachusetts, there's the, you know, um, how much mileage, mileage and gas, so figuring that amount out each week of, you know, especially if you're driving your kids around or picking them up from school, um, keeping that in mind, and then also vacation days, you know, it's not money out of your pocket, but it's still, it's money out of your pocket from when it comes from a work perspective. The average would be, you know, Two weeks is pretty standard. One of those weeks is typically with when the family goes on vacation, and then the other one is used for the nanny to use at her discretion. And then along with that, you know, two to three sick days. Uh, sick days, you know, with my own personal nanny, we joke because, I mean, if she's really sick, obviously I don't want her to come to work. I need her to be rested and, you know, but if she like calls me and says like, I have the sniffles, I'm like, so do my kids. My kids gave it to you. Like, you know, like it's kind of like a discussion that we have. It's like, you know, and she's like, I'm, is it okay if I come? And is that, are you fine with that? I'm like, yeah, again, like my kids are like walking germs. So <laughs> they're in school day. Like they probably got you sick. So, uh, it's just a discussion that we have, but, uh, but typically they get like two to three sick days. Uh, so. And a discussion that I always hear in Boston, um, and not all of our listeners are going to have snow, but a lot of people will. What about mm -hmm. snow days? What about when schools are closed? Um, you ask your nanny to come over and be with your child all day. Is that kind of an expected thing? I see some 
whew, really heated arguments on Facebook about this. Parents get mm -hmm. intensely married yep. to the idea of one or the other. Yep. And I think it's, it's hard because I see those, I also see those discussions and it makes me sad because ultimately, you know, I understand again, like how it feels as a parent to not have your nanny for the day. And, you know, when you're trying to work from home, cause like, you know, my job, I can work from home. My husband's job, he can work from home. So even on a snow day, him and I are sitting here trying to work, but we have our kids, but our work is closed because it's not safe to drive. So why am I going to have my employee come to drive to me? And I don't think parents think through that all the time that this is their job. They're supposed to be here when I'm working. And I get that. But if it's, if the, the mayor says it's not safe in Boston to drive, then no one should be driving. And even if you will put them in an Uber, that doesn't matter. So uh, I think that, you know, yes, giving them a couple snow days and just having that, it's again, all about respect and trust and, you know, having these upfront conversations. And uh, it's a shame that some families and nannies don't, don't have that relationship to be able to do that. Um, I think that one, like a personal experience that we just had this last winter and we had some snow days is that like that initial snow day when it was like still snowing and it's like bad out, you know, my nanny doesn't come. But then like the next day when they're still trying to clean up the schools, but the roads are open, it's better, but the buses can't get out in time. Then, you know, I had a discussion, my nanny and I said, I want you to be safe. If you feel comfortable, if you can dig out, you know, why don't you come once the sun's up and it's kind of melted? So it's like, maybe she comes for part of the day. Um, but again, if, if it's too risky or she couldn't get out, then, then that's fine. But, you know, we try to set that expectation. If, if, you know, if you can, that would be great. Especially if it's my husband and I's jobs are open at their office. Like our offices are open and we want to get there. So, but it, again, it's all about open lines of communication and you have to have that with your nanny. And so as far as um, those days that they might come in a little bit late or a little bit, uh, leave a little bit early, are you prorating those days? Are you tacking them on? What do you do with those lost hours? Does it kind of just go out in the wash? I'm a, I'm a wash person. So I always am like, oh my God, don't pay me back for that $10 burger. I just bought you. It's fine. It'll come out in the wash. Like you'll buy me a drink the next time, or maybe you'll cover this or that. Like who cares? What do we do with nanny since it's more of a formal thing? Yep. Good question. Because I think that that's another, um, another, again, open lines of communication and setting expectations up front is, you know, a lot of nannies want guaranteed hours, which I understand this is their job. This is their career. They want to know that they are guaranteed 30, let's say 35 to 40 hours a week, even if it's a 25 hour a week job. I mean, I think parents think like, Oh, I'm only having a nanny. Uh, you know, again, personal experience. I'll, I, I like to share personal experiences so that parents or nannies just, just know where I'm coming from is that my, my nanny is let's say 15 hours a week right now while my kids are in school most of the day. And so I'm still going to guarantee her those 15 hours. Again, it's not fair to her if I, you know, taking off on Friday to go to a wedding, I'm still going to pay her for those hours. You know, she needs to, you know, make a living as well. So when it comes to those snow days, I think it. It, it does, there is like a gray area. I think it's, it's kind of tricky because it depends on like, is that a day that the nanny said, Oh, I can't get there. Like on that day, that's like kind of the dig out day. Is it, if she says she can't come, but you've asked her to, and it is safe to come. Do you cut her for those days? You know, I don't. So it's, I say no, but, um, I know that parents are, you know, they've got to watch the budget too. And there's so many different days like that. 
you know, that's why you do give the sick days and, and personal days and so they can use this for doctor's appointments and things. But, you know, I look at it as we have guaranteed hours, you know, sometimes she might run late in the morning, 15 minutes, and then I might run 15 minutes late in the evening. It's a wash. Um, I don't, we don't, I'm not here to nickel and dime or keep track. It's so difficult just to keep track. But let's say I say, hey, I have to stay late today for another 30 minutes. All right, well, I'm going to tack on another, you know, uh, additional pay for her. Um, so, and then, uh, you know, also parents do keep in mind too, it's like, you know, anything over 40 hours is time and a half and that can get, you know, expensive as well. But I think parents forget the, the overtime as well as just having the guaranteed hours conversation because I do talk to many nannies that are looking and they're like, oh, well, my family just went on vacation this week and they didn't pay me. So, you know, and it's, it's hard. They want a family that is just going to, because does your job do that? Like, does their corporate job do that? So I think it's, I think parents just need to, um, I mean, they're an employee. You're, you're, you're having, you have an employee. How do you want to be treated as an employee? And so um, I try to educate parents on that as well, especially the first time parents that, you know, this is their first time leaving their, their baby with someone, but also just hiring somebody to help them out in their home. So well, we just have to reframe the idea of like what a nanny is, right? So I think a lot of people look at it as more of like this helping hand and it's really a formal employee. This person is doing a service for you um, and they should be per they should be paid and compensated like a professional. Circling back to uh, the approach of like, do you cut them? Do you add this? Do you do that? I am a big fan of, you know, you don't have all the answers. So when something happens, if you didn't like the way that it played out this time, you should have a conversation about it. And you should say like, hey, we felt like the roads were safe. Um, here are the reasons that we thought the roads were safe. They were clean. The buses were out by 1030. The mayor said that everyone could drive and go back to work. We're not going to knock you this time, but we want to make it clear that like the next time this happens, we do expect you to follow the bus schedule. So if the buses are yeah. here at 1030, we would like you to also start work at 1030 or whatever. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it can be whatever your family comes up with, but don't feel like you have to have all the answers at the beginning or that once something goes down, that that's how it's written forever. You can rewrite it. It just, mm -hmm. it needs to be fair for all parties involved, but it also has to have a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that I think is really important that people don't always think about. Um, you do yeah, that. no, I agree. And I think that that's, it's, it's a very good point that it can be changed in the future. Just like when you hire a nanny, you know, especially for the first time moms out there, they wonder, What's, what does, what's included in my nanny? What is, what's under that nanny umbrella? Is it just like sitting there taking care of my baby all day, feeding, keeping him clean, playing, engaging, going on walks? Uh, but it's really anything within the, the child care umbrella for the, the child, whether that's their laundry, that's pretty standard, you know, cleaning up after them, whether it's the toys or the uh, cleaning up the kitchen. And a lot of times, you know, I feel like it naturally just comes like, emptying the dishwasher because you're putting new dishes into the dishwasher. Now, beyond that is where it's, if you want to add more home responsibilities, then that's where the conversations need to be happening about, oh, hey, can you also do our guest room sheets? Or can you also do our laundry? You know, adding in laundry for the whole house, that's definitely an additional responsibility. 
and which typically means additional pay. Uh, you know, maybe it's running errands and, you know, uh, going to the grocery store. Again, just keeping that in mind, but, you know, having those conversations with the nanny up front. But then, you know, if you do want to add it in after, let's say the baby's older and now you feel more comfortable with, with them going out and running errands, you know, during the day, then have that conversation later on, but then also let them know that like, you know, we're going to add a dollar onto your pay per week, you know, per hour. Uh, we know that's additional responsibility that we didn't originally discuss. Uh, I think that sometimes parents forget that, you know, they become so um, comfortable with their nanny and then it's like, oh, can you just do this for me too? And that's great because you feel comfortable with them. But again, let's, let's treat them fairly. And so I always try to educate the, the parents on that. And then also with the with the nannies setting their expectations because there's some that you know um, won't pick up a broom to clean up because that's not my that's not my duty. But if it has to do with you know if it has to do with the, the child's snack time, let's make sure that that's cleaned up. But no, you are not you're not a housekeeper too. That was not in the job description. I agree. So just communicating on both sides, but also understanding that it can change in the future. You just need to have those conversations. Again, just like a regular job, you know, your your boss might ask you to do one or two things extra, but as your responsibility increases, they're not just added on. You are compensated for those. So, gosh, I love it. Okay, so we've covered so much, but I still have a question about discipline. How do parents have this conversation to evaluate the nanny's discipline style, but also to communicate your family's style. So each family is going to have their own style of discipline in their children and, and the way that they want to redirect their kids. It doesn't always, it's not always going to match up with the caregivers that come into your home. How do you have the conversation of this is what we do in our home and we'd like for you to do it as well? Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's an, it needs to happen during the interview at the right time during the interview, especially if a parent has a very specific uh, style of the way they communicate with their children or the way they discipline their children or don't discipline their children, that they, they do need to be upfront with that if they're very opinionated uh, about it. Uh, it isn't something that they're not as opinionated about, but like it's just something that you want to share, then maybe you don't have to have that discussion right in the interview and you can have that like, down the road. But I would ask those questions and you just flat out ask them like, what is your, how, how have you disciplined children in the past? Or you know, what types of families, you know, what were some examples that you did when a child acted out or, you know, just asking those questions to just dig in and see what their answers are. And if they do line up with something that, or don't line up, I mean, then the, the appropriate action can be taken and maybe just tell me that, you know, if they're not the right fit. I didn't like the way they would handle the situation. I just don't feel comfortable. And so be it. Like, you don't have to hire every candidate that you interview, uh, you know, so I think it's, again, all about communication. It's like, I can't, I can just keep repeating myself, but it is so important. And then the, you know, once you're hired and then you kind of lay it all out, this is how we have a timeout. This is where we put our child and this is how long they sit for. And then, you know, my nanny has taught me things that have worked for her, uh, especially working with my son that has special needs. It's just like, it changes. It's a very fluid situation. And, you know, just like any child, it's, but, you know, she's been like, this is working right now for us. A timer is working for us. And then, but then on the weekends, it doesn't work for me. So it's like every, it's just, it, it, it's just different. But I, you know, I, again, trust the person that I've hired. And I hope that she's, you know, reiterating what we, we, my husband and I do, but then she's also teaching us what's working for her that maybe we can implement as well. So 
I love it. This is so much information. I think our listeners are probably walking away feeling <laughs> so prepared, maybe a little overwhelmed, but definitely a lot to digest. So Sarah, where can people connect with you if they wanted um, to talk to you about nanny services, maybe they're local or if they're international or even all across the U.S. if they had questions about choosing a nanny or maybe things in their area if you had um, suggestions or something, you know, wherever they're from, how would people connect with you? Yeah, well, you can go to my website. It's cloud9nannies dot com and then also on obviously all the social media I'm on Facebook and Instagram and but uh shoot me an email Sarah at cloud nine com I get people that I just had one yesterday actually a mom I've never even met but she's asking for her sister who lives in Colorado and saying that they need a nanny do you have any referrals out there or do you cover that area I don't but because of my network I was able to refer her to another nanny agency there so just asking the question I had a mom you know, we do also just do background checks for families sometimes. And, you know, they maybe find an Andy on their own and they want to do a background check. So I ran that background check for them. So, they reach out for that. so there's, you know, just, I, I'm here to help. I'm not just here just to find you a nanny, but I might be able to just give you a resource. And then, you know, for the nannies too, same thing. We have our application on our website, but then also I can, you know, email with you or send me your resume. I think it's, uh, uh, start a conversation. So I would love to connect with people. And then, you know, I always typically we're texting with lots of different families. I think that's an easy way to communicate now. And so I'm very flexible in that too. So, but I would love to just connect with more people. I really encourage all of our listeners to reach out to Sarah if you have any questions. She's such a doll. She's so kind. She's full of knowledge. So from sick policies to snow days to employees, benefits of going with a local agency, vetting your nannies, how to interview your nannies, what's included in the nanny umbrella, how to have tough talks with the people who are caring for your babies, and so, so much more. You guys, I know that this episode has completely blown your mind, but I hope that it also leaves you feeling powerful and in control and prepared to take this next step in the care of your tiny humans. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday, y'all. Thanks so much for spending time with Sarah and I out of your busy schedules. I know that you're so busy. So are we. We appreciate you rallying around us and taking time for yourself. Thanks for making yourself number one. I will see you guys on Friday. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Hey, villagers, before I let you go, I wanted to let you know of three different opportunities that I'm bringing to you to be part of the tribe, and two of them are free. Like, what? Is there anything better than that? So your first opportunity, join our virtual mom meetups. There are two nights. They are completely free. We are doing it on January 16th and January 17th. Two different days, two different times. Make it fit into your schedule. Make yourself a priority. Come on, just make yourself a priority. Just do it once. You will see how much you how much better you feel, right? Like when you leave, you're going to be like, I am ready to take on 
whatever comes my way. I am ready to parent my child. I am ready to get pregnant. I am ready to tackle teething. I am ready to sleep train my child. I am ready to let go of all expectations. I am ready to let go of fill in the blank, whatever it is. Your second one, a five-day challenge, just what we were talking about. I have five days of information that I'm going to share with you of how in the moment you can reframe your thinking and completely rewire the way you approach birth, pregnancy, your health, motherhood, parenting, your child. Again, fill in the blank. Do you see? Those two, completely free. They obviously go right with whatever you need because you're filling in the blank. Number three, because I'm afraid that once you have these two things, you are going to be so addicted. You're going to be like, I need more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. So in February, I am bringing you a two-day retreat. The first day is for expectant mamas only. So we are going to have a pushing workshop and we will be talking about all about how to bring your baby into the world and how to take care of them in those first few days and weeks after you bring them home. What you can expect, how to set your expectations, how to communicate your expectations, all the things that you need to know. Day two is for all mamas. So any expectant mamas or moms who have children who are less than 10 years old. So younger children, we're still gonna be talking about a lot about the development of children. Um, And so I need you to have children that I am familiar with, that I can help you understand what is happening. Anything above 10 years old, that is just not my specialty. So, February 23rd, expectant mamas. February 24th, any mamas who have children on the way and or children up to the age of 10. We'll be talking about gut health. We'll talk about alternative medicine. We'll be talking about reframing and rewiring things and finding that balance. We have people coming from Tennessee, Vermont, Georgia, of course, Massachusetts. There's so many people coming for this to make this possible. You guys, you will not want to miss it. Also, I handpicked these people because these are the people who were the the, um, let's see, when I looked over the year of 2018, these were the spots that were commonly needed by my clients. So these were the people who filled in those broken links, if you will. I put them all together in one place because we clearly need it. So there you go. Three opportunities. Two of them are completely free. <laughs> the retreat is ridiculously inexpensive for all of the things that you are getting. Lunch is included, swag bag is included, samples are included. You guys, you just can't. Snacks, like, right, I'm giving you things to snack on during the day. Come on. I am so excited to hold these things for you. I cannot wait for you to take advantage of this tribe because it is growing so fast and it is, ha- oh my gosh, the, the, the wisdom it is just having an explosion in knowledge. I can't wait. All right, guys, I will see you later. 2019 is off to a very kick-ass start. I cannot wait to hear what is going on in your life in these first few days and weeks of 2019. All of the links that you need to sign up are in the show notes. I will see you there. Happy Friday, y'all. P.S. If you never screenshotted and shared, here's another gentle reminder. As always, villagers, 
find your tribe, and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.